Father's Day is always a very special day um, because all of us have a father. Uh, We may not have a lot of fond memories, perhaps, but uh, we have a heavenly father that has never disappointed, never hurt any of us, and we should always be thankful for that, that God has been that to us. I am thankful for uh, my, my earthly father, but I am grateful for my heavenly father. It's typical that uh, it doesn't really take a lot to make a man happy. Uh, seldom do men feel comfortable with the little praise that they receive. But I am thankful that we have had men in our lives that have made a difference. And I think all of us, if we would look around, could admit that there have been men who have stood out and played the part that God had called them to be. I want, I want to applaud our men today because I believe that we have not only a gr- good group of men, Greater Life Church, we have a strong group of men. I want to tell all of our men, go ahead and clap your hands, that's right. Amen. That's all right to clap your hands for them. I want to tell our men this morning that you are very important, that you do matter, and not only statistics prove that, but you are a living witness that you matter. I read again this morning the statistics about fatherless homes. And children that are raised in fatherless homes, according to the latest statistics, are 4.6 times more likely to commit suicide, 6.6 times become teenage mothers as, as just children, as little girls, as teenagers, early teenagers, 24.3 times more likely to run away, 15.3 times more likely to have behavioral disorder, 6.3 times more likely to be in a state-oriented institution, 10.8 times more likely to commit rape, 6.6 times more likely to drop out of school, and 15.3 times more likely to end up in prison while a teenager. The importance of a father... And a man cannot be overemphasized. Your presence or absence makes a difference for good or bad in the world in which we live. And I come today to applaud you and tell you that you count and that you matter. And we need good men. Over the last few days, I have been drawn to a text in John 1 and 6. And it simply says that there was a man sent from God. I shared this with our men yesterday morning at our breakfast, but I wanted to bring it again today. Because the message is simple. The powerful influence of a man with a purpose can never be understated. A man who lives with a sense of destiny, that he has a purpose that there is meaning in his life. What can be done and what can be accomplished by a man who is sent? 
A man who is on a mission, a man with a task, a man who has a charge to fulfill, a man who has an assignment. He is not loitering, he is not wandering or strolling through life, he is not drifting or idling, he is not lingering, but he is sent, directed, motivated guided, led, propelled, driven by a sense of purpose. If there is anything that I could put in the heart of young men today, that would be to get a sense of purpose in your life and understand that you have a purpose for being here and you have a reason for existing You are not just matter. You are not just uh, uh, molecules that are bumping together with no sense of order, but you have been divinely created and divinely ordered, and you need to operate as a man on a mission, a man with a purpose, and to live that way, to live as a man who knows what he is here for, and goes with a sense of direction about his life. There is nothing that is any more tragic than a wasted life. And I will tell you that there's nothing more tragic than a wasted man's life because a man has great purpose and calling in this world. Such is the kind of man that we need in our times. A God-directed man. A God-guided man, a God-led man, a God-possessed man. Men who have a sense of direction. Men who have a certain determination about themselves. There is a certain resolve, a certain perseverance, a a certain persistence about their life. There's a tenacity and there's a a direction, and there is a commitment to their actions. They are not simply wasting their life away. Men with the knowledge of who they are. If I could somehow get into the, the, the bank of your mind, I would want to deposit that one thought this morning, that you need to have a knowledge of who you are that you're not an accident and you are not just a number or a statistic, but you are a divinely called and a divinely ordered being that God intended to use for a good purpose. And if you are not allowing him to do that, you are wasting your life and you are not doing what God designed you to do. Amen. We need men who are not just driven by their testosterone, but they are driven by a sense of purpose, that there is meaning. Men who move and live and act and speak with a divine purpose to their life. That I am here, I know why I'm here, and I am here to make a difference. Men who know what they are here for, are needed in this hour. Men who are 
not waiting for the world to give them a clue or a cue, but men who know what they are and they know what they are here for. Such is the man that God has always sought for. Ezekiel said it, God's words, and I sought for a man among them. When I read that scripture afresh, it reminded me of what God is looking for in this building today. I look for somebody to stand up, to stand up against all of the times in which they live. I look for man to repair the defenses of the city. I look for a man to take a stand. I look for a man to protect what God had created. That's what God is looking for this morning. He is looking for men who will stand. Men who will stand for righteousness. Men who will stand for godliness. Men who will stand for families and for their homes. I get wearied when I see the way that our world is assaulting the call of manhood. And they are reducing man to nothing but a joke and something to laugh at. I've come to tell you men here that there is a calling on your life. There is a God who is seeking men like you to stand on your feet and say, God, you can count on me. I am going to make a difference in my family and in my community and in my home and in my life. Amen. Men who will stand against the tide. Men who will stand up for God against all that's going on. Is, there, is it just me or is there anybody else around here? Are there any men in this building that are sick of the feminine way that men are being portrayed nowadays? Can you find a television show that does not promote men in an unfamiliar way? Homosexuality? Can you find a television show that does not push down? You know what we need? We need some men that say, no, that's not what a man is. A man is one who has been called by God to fulfill a divine purpose. And it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And so I'm going to fulfill my divine calling and my divine purpose in this life. And that is to be a man and stand up in my world and be counted and make a difference. God's looking for some men who will stand. It's not going to be popular. And I assure you the news media is not going to like it. But you know what? I don't care what the news media doesn't like. I don't even care what our government doesn't like anymore. It seems like our government's becoming more of, <clears throat> of a wimp every day. We don't even have the guts or the courage to stand up and say what we believe anymore because we're afraid we're going to lose office. You know what we need? We need some men that will say, you know what? Whether I get voted back in or not, there's some things that are right and things that are wrong. And I'm going to stand for what's right. And I'm going to stand against what is wrong. You say, brother, use right and wrong's relative. No, it's not. 
No, it's not. Never has been and never will be. That's just the hogwash that this world tries to sell us as new thinking. It's just the old deception. It's not new thinking. God's looking for a man who will stand. Amen. It doesn't take anybody to live for the devil, but it takes a man to live for God. Man. You said, Brother Hughes, I don't like that. Well, stand up and be a man and be counted for God. Be counted for what really matters. Make a difference in your world. Let the world know that I am going to be what God called me to be and what God designed me to be. God's looking for men who will defend against the attacks that are coming on a daily basis. Men who will guard, who will preserve, who will support, who will secure, who will uphold, who will represent their families and their church and their future. They will fight for their faith. And they will fight for their family and they will fight for their future. That's the kind of man that God is looking for. Men who will defend against the attacks of the enemy. I never have believed that women should be the only one praying. I believe the strongest prayer group in our church ought to be our men. I want to say that again. I never have, I'm not against women and I'm not preaching against the power of a woman's prayer. I am preaching for the power of a man's prayer. And a man's prayer can prevail. A man's prayer can bend the ear of God because that is what God is looking for. A man who will defend against the attacks. A man who will stand guard over his home and say not, Not on my block. Yeah, not in my home. Not in my church. Amen. Oh, wow. Are we afraid to say that? Are we afraid to stand up and say, you know what? I'm not buying into this conventional wisdom that's going around that we we have to be relative to our society. I'm I'm not going to be relative. I'm... I just figured out a long time ago, I was born out of season. I, 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 I'm a duck out of water, so to speak. I, I don't fit in the time because what's inside of me doesn't fit with the time. You know what I've decided? I'm not going to adjust to the time. I'm going to keep living by what I know. And what I know is that God is looking for some men who will stand up and put a guard around their family and around their home and around their community and around their church and say, not here, not in my block, not on my street, not in my family, not in this church. Men who will defend against the attack of the enemy. Men who will build and not tear down. You know, it doesn't take much to to tear something down, give me a wrecking ball in a couple of hours, and I can, I can make this building look sick. But for you to enjoy what you're enjoying right now, it took a lot of long hours and labor for us to bring together what we have. God's looking for men that know how to do that. It doesn't take a lot of intelligence to tear something down. It takes a man with a vision to build something 
What do I want to be known for? Do I want to be known as a wrecker, a home wrecker, a life wrecker? Is that what I want to go through life being known as, tearing up families and tearing up hearts? Or do I want to be a man who is known as a person with vision? I see purpose. I see a calling. I see a reason for us being here. And I am going to build. I'm going to shape. I'm going to form. I am going to see what God has said that I can be. Men who can see beyond the self-centered way of life that is now the mode of most people. And realize that there is a higher calling. And I am going to build for better things. I am going to build with better things. Amen. I'm going to build with better things. Better, better uh, building material. I, I'm not going to build my life out of just every piece of riffraff that comes along. I'm going to buy the choice. I'm going to pick the right I'm going to choose the proper things to build my family with. That's because God has given me a sense of purpose and I know what I'm here for. I want to be a builder. Everybody say a builder. I want to be a builder. I I want to be a, a man of vision and a man of purpose. God's looking for a man who will not only build, but at times a man who knows the necessity of repair. He knows that things get torn up in life. Things get torn apart. How important it is that we have men who know how to help heal and mend and restore and fix broken things. We need men who are repairers of the breach. When the breach happens, when the break comes... We don't make it worse by ranting and raving about it, but we go immediately to work to try to restore and repair what has been torn down. Madeline Murray O'Hare made a statement one time about the Christian church, probably the only thing she ever said that was right, but she was right here. She said, the one thing I've never understood about you Christians is that you're the only species that devour their wounded. God, help us to not fulfill that prophecy. Help us to be repairers. Defenses need to be repaired. The city needs to be repaired. The family needs to be healed. The mending of relationships begins with a strong man, a godly man. Amen. Praise God. You know what I've I've learned about in life? That there are a lot of men who are wanting people in their life, whether it be their wife or their kids or somebody else, they're wanting them to get over things that they really need to get right before they get over them. So let's get it right, men. And let's be the kind of man that God called us to be. God's looking for men who will not only repair what is needed, but they will protect. They will protect, they will guard, they will defend, they will keep, they will shield, they will shelter. We live in a world of predators. The world is full of predators. Everywhere you turn, 
The internet is full of them, preying on the vulnerable. You know what we need? We need men who are strong enough to say, you know what? There's going to be a shield about my family of prayer, and there's going to be a shield about my family of faithfulness. I'm going to help keep away those things that would seek to devour. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for men that are strong enough to stand up and be a man. Paul said it to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 8. He said, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Men, it's important if we are going to be what God called us to do, that we do three things that Paul mentioned here. Number one, we have to guard our hands. By that I mean we have to be careful what we do with our hands what we hold with our hands, what we uplift with our hands, what we endorse with our hands, what we touch with our hands. We need to protect our hands. We need to put our hands to the plow and do the work of God. We need to put our hand to that which is good. We need to hold up that which is worth holding up. We need to put down what needs to be put down. Watch your hands. We need to guard our spirit. He talks about anger. Spirit is the attitude, the disposition of life. And I have come to know this, that life will try your spirit whether you're a man or a woman. Not only will life try your spirit, but people will try your spirit. It is essential that you as a man keep a clean spirit and a clean heart. You've got to guard your temper. You've got to guard your moods. You've got to guard your irritations. I was thinking over the last few months about David, such a powerful man, David. A warrior, a a giant killer, a king, one of the greatest songwriters of all times, given some of the most inspirational psalms that you could read anywhere, such a towering figure of a man, and yet David failed so miserably. And it was such a shock, because until the point of time in which he fell, there had been no mark, it seemed, against David's life. Everything David had done up until that point seemed to have been perfectly orchestrated by the hand of God. And yet we see this powerful man, this mighty man, this man that God even references as a man after my own heart. He falls, miserably falls, and not only does he fall, but he makes an even worse mess of it before he's through. And I got to thinking, God, how can a man that strong fall? How can a man that gifted stumble and make such a mess of life? How can he hurt so many people? How can his failure affect so many things? And I began to look at his life, and I find at that point, Several things that are indicators of that downward spiral. Number one, 
When David should have been going out to battle, the Bible said he stayed home in Jerusalem. It's a dangerous thing when a man begins to coast in life. It's a dangerous thing when a man loses his sense of purpose and he doesn't know what he's here for. He's a dangerous, dangerous vessel. Not only that, but he failed to recognize the seasons of his life. Most historians say that David was anywhere from the age of 50 to 57. In our day, we would call his problem a midlife crisis. I don't care what you call it. It was a season. And men, every one of us have seasons. We better pay attention to the seasons of our life because it was in one of those seasons. The Bible references time. It talks about the time of the year. It talks about the time for war. It talks about the time of the evening when he actually went out and committed the first act or the first step of his sin and failure. He did not guard his eyes and neither did he take into account that inside of him was a traitor. His own flesh. And because of those things he stumbled. God help me to guard my spirit. Help me to guard my spirit. My moods. My anger. My irritations. And not only must I guard my spirit. But I must guard my faith. Because my faith will be tried. The issues we battle are constantly before us, make us doubt, question, hesitate, wonder. Quitting is not an option in my life. Amen. Going back is not an option for me. I cannot let the control of my life be taken from my life and put into the hands of circumstances. I must understand that God called me, and if God called me, God can keep me. I want to live with a confidence. Amen. I want to live with an assurance that God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? I want to live with the understanding and the knowledge that God is on my side. Amen. God is on my side. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's what I want to equip myself with every day. Because if I do, I'm going to rise up and be the man of faith. And I'm going to be the man of confidence that God wants me to be in this dysfunctional world in which we live. Let's stand together. God's looking for some men today. Men who will guard their faith and guard their spirit and guard their hands. Men who will stand. Men who will defend. Men who will build. Men who will repair. I wonder, are there any men like that in this building? I believe there are. I believe there are. I believe there are men here today who want to make a difference for your family. I believe there are men here today that whatever it takes, whatever the cost, you want to make your life count. I want to invite all of our men. I didn't do this Mother's Day, but I'm going to invite all of our men. 
Would you just come very quickly? I'm just going to keep you just a moment. Just come and stand here at the altar with me today. Praise God. All of our men. Amen. The world will do everything it can to undermine everything I've told you today. The world will do everything it can to make you question your manhood or whether you have what it takes. I'm here to tell you, you do. Amen. I look around. I thought about Brother Bright this morning. I see him coming down the aisle right now. What a faithful, faithful man he has been. Through the years, faithful. I know many of the opposition that he's had to go through in his life, many of the things he's had to battle, the loss of children, the loss of wife, and yet his faith, it's resilient and it remains stronger than it ever has been. I see my father-in-law, I see Brother Long, I see... Brother Cheryl, I see our elders, I see men, Brother Ringo, that have been through toil and struggle and pain and suffering, and yet somehow they come out of it. They're not flamboyant. They don't make a big scene out of it. They don't put anything in the billboards and say, hey, look at what I'm doing. But they're steady, confident, walking with God. That's what I want. That's what this, this church needs. And I said it, we don't have a lot of them here this morning, but I'm looking for some young men who will find one of these elders and get connected to them and say, can you teach me? Can you tell me what it's taken for you to stand all these years? I haven't gotten any reports back on that yet, but I'm waiting for one of them to call me and say, Brother Hughes, one of the young men called me today and said he wanted to get with me. Wanted me to talk to him about what it takes to stand. I'm, it's going to happen. I'm believing it. I'm going to keep preaching until it does happen. God's looking for some men who will make a difference. Will you make a commitment with me this morning that whatever I can do, I'm going to do my best to be the man God called me to be. Would you pray that with me right now? God, I believe you. I, I trust you. I thank you for every man, every young man. I thank you, God, for their life. I thank you for the potential that's in them. I thank you, God, for the promises that overshadow every.